0: to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. I have the incredible Liz Nicholas with me. What's up, Liz? Hey, Megan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to dive in and chat. Um, we have had like quite the run with our relationship. We started out as coach client, right? Back in, I think that was, was it 2018 or 2019?
1: I think it was 2018. Yeah.
0: End of 2018. End of 2018, I believe. Yep. Into the beginning of 2019. Yeah. So I got to see you kind of literally pivot your business from a lot of one-on-one for an entire decade into going into more of a course, group program, mastermind, basically a leveraged business model direction and have watched you like soar and thrive in that category which is amazing. And then um Liz then became an expert in the mindset category for our programs. First it was momentum, and then I believe like right after that it was our mastermind Rise to Legendary. We no longer have momentum, Rise is still here. Um so it's been like 4 or 5 years yes. of seeing you like grow and do your thing. It's amazing. It's uh, it's been quite a, a, a ride the last few years. It, it really has. It's
1: been the growth has been exponential, and exciting, and a little daunting at times. And had to use my own tools, my um, mindset. Um, but it's yeah, it's been amazing. And it's also just been really cool to get to know you and Sean, and you know, personally, professionally, and and I have so much respect for you guys for what you do and what you stand for, and and the voices you have in the business. So it's that end of it's been a pleasure too, not just the business side of it.
0: Yeah, for sure. So one of the things that we used to talk about a lot, like back in the day in 2019 and a little bit in 2020, I remember I would always say to you, can I have a hundred Liz's? Can I have a (laughs) hundred Liz's join my group program? And um, what I meant by that, and I would tell people that too, what I meant by that is, you know, you kind of came into our programs and took off super quick, right? Like our conversations were, this is what I want to do. Okay, great. Go do this. You would go do it. And then like literally waterfalls of success were raining down on you. And I would love for you to share a little bit about, we'll kind of get into like, what's your background? Obviously we're going to talk a lot about mindset today, but what I witnessed in your growth at that time, coming into a program and just like exceeding everybody's expectations and fast, you d- that's not very common. <laughs> it's just not common, but it's insanely enjoyable as a leader, as a facilitator and a coach to have a client that operates like that. And that's why I would always say, can you please send me a hundred Liz's? Like, where do I find a hundred more of you? Because I don't do the mindset thing. I'm a business strategist and consultant. And so when you're working with a client who has such a strong mindset and has the tools that go with it, somebody who has the confidence can really manage their mind. When those two people come together, it is literally like fireworks. And that's kind of what it was like for me and you. Yeah, so, yeah. And I know that you like followed this whole process. You always tell this story about what you did before then that it really allowed you to grow. I would love for you to share that story and then just start, you know, kind of filling in some of the gaps on, on your story um, and journey of entrepreneurship and growth as well.
1: Yeah. Thank you um, for those kind words. I, I think the the part of my story that allowed me to grow and soar so quickly was, was really the fact that I was very clear on who I was and what I did. And I already was very successful. I just had backed myself into a corner being an international one-on-one coach. I was maxed out. I was beyond maxed out. And because I had international clients, so many of them, I was also living a very strange lifestyle where there were calls at 11 o'clock at night. Or 6 a.m. because I was accommodating, you know, different time zones, 13, 12, 10, 11 hour differences. And so I was, you know, what you hear everybody describe, I was starting to burn out only on the style and the delivery. And so what was fascinating that happened before I met you is I went on a pretty protracted search to find the right coach. And I was really clear on what I wanted. And off I went. And I was met with a lot of resistance. People said, no, I won't do any one-on-one coaching or, or yes, you can join my module program. Or It was a lot of cookie cutter. It was a lot of trying to tell me I had to fit into something. And what became apparent really quickly is that really nobody was listening to me. I wasn't saying, I don't know what I want to do or you have to teach me how to do it. I was saying, this isn't my expertise. I'm already good at what I do, but I can't do it like this anymore. And this is how I think I want to do it. And this is what I'd like some help with. And it was always, I'm not listening to you, but here's what I can just shove down your throat. And what I remember most about that time, aside from the frustration and feeling like giving up, was that I caught a live with you and Sean, and which none of us can remember what it was. I don't even remember what it was about. <laughs> no. But I loved you. I loved you guys. I loved your energy. And I was so at the point of just about to throw in the towel that I just messaged you. Like I just threw out a DM. Hey, this is what's going on. Um, you know, am I fit for any of your programs? And first of all, you didn't try and sell me anything, which was like, wow. And you just asked me a lot of questions. And it was just, it was, I know that doesn't sound mind blowing now in 2000, you know, 22. um, But like nobody was operating that way. And, and not only that, you didn't ask me like two questions and then tell me to go away. You stayed in communication with me. I kept telling you, well, I'm thinking of doing this and that. And, and a few times you said, I, uh, from what I'm hearing and learning about you, I think you'd be better off going in this direction, or that direction. And it was all this free advice, free value, you know, kindness, interest. I was like, what is going on here? And so I still thought I wanted a one-on-one coach. And you said, Well, I have this group. And you told me about it. And you said, you know, you, you might want to look at it. And I said, No, I really don't think I want that, but I'll circle back if I change my mind. You probably don't even remember that. And I went off and I continued my search and continued to just feel disappointed and frustrated. And then I came back to you and I said, Maybe, you know, maybe I do want to learn more. And you said, why don't we just hop on a zoom? And when I got on that Zoom with you, I'll never forget. It It was a Friday afternoon. I know, like, I know every, like, it's locked in my brain. And you just said, how would you like to grow your business? And I sat there dumbfounded, like nobody had ever taken the time to ask me. And I said, if one more person tells me I have to build a funnel and do Facebook ads, that's not what I want to do. And you said, well, what is it you want? What do you like to do? And I said, I like social media. And you said, well, what kind of social media? And I told you. And you said, well, what do you do on social media? You just ask some light questions. And you said, you know, you could use social media like a funnel. And I said, what are you talking about? And really the rest is, as they say, history. You just said, if you like doing that and it's fun and you're good at it, why don't we just do that? I can show you how to do that. And I mean, I think I signed up the next week and it was like, it's probably one of the top business decisions, probably one of the top five business decisions I've ever made in my entire career. It was like, seamless. And then you and Sean just rolled out the red carpet and just delivered and answered questions. And and again, you never told me what I had to do. You listened and cared about me doing it in a way that was going to be meaningful for me and that would make me happy. And oh, wound up making me a ton of money, but you cared that I was happy and that I leaned on my talents and my abilities. And you held my hand every step of the way. Even when I was a total pain in your ass, about Facebook Live, and you were like, "We really need to get you on video." And remember, I was kind of paying me ass about that. You
0: were. It took you a while to go live on Facebook, and now you crush it. Now yeah, you now crush it. it.
1: But you were, but you really were. Like, I mean, you did have to kind of drip on me about that. That was the one yeah. thing I think I didn't listen to you as quickly as I should have. But yeah, I mean, I think I built my group program within maybe eight weeks of being in that program with you. Something like maybe even less than yeah. that. You just said, go yeah. do this, do this, do this. I did it. And I saw. I remember, I remember. I also remember Sean saying to me, how many people do you think you'd like to have in your group program? And I said, I think 10. And he started laughing. I said, why are you laughing? He said, what are you going to do when you have more than that? What's your plan? And I said, well, I mean, it's my first time. And of course he knew it was going to happen. And I had 24 people. Yeah. And you said, you better start building your second level. And I said, what are you talking about? And you just kept, you kept me building the plane while I was flying it.
0: Yeah. So, okay. Most people don't come into a program or come into a business idea or the next iteration of their business. And just, I mean, you've had success from the beginning since you pivoted to that particular model and it's just gotten better and better and better. I'm sure you've had like down moments and down seasons, whatever, you know, it's not always smooth sailing, but I would say a, a, Quite small percentage of any entrepreneur building a business sees that level of success that quickly and then can maintain it for four, five, 10, 20, however many years. Yeah. What was your secret? Because <laughs> it wasn't my secret.
1: Well, it was your all, secret. I wasn't 23 years old. i you know, I'd been around a little bit. Um, you know, I I've been at this a long time and I'm I wasn't a kid. I started my coaching business when I was 42 or 43, something like that. I guess 42. Um, So, you know, I was already a teacher. I already had two master's degrees. I knew how to teach. It's something you and I have in common. I know how to educate people. And I know my material. And really from the very beginning, the commitment I made to myself was that every day I would get better at my craft. That was really where I put my emphasis from the very, very beginning. Even when I was a high school teacher, I always looked at it that way. And I've always looked at money as the byproduct of talent and service. I just think that we get it wrong. Our relationship is always, for so many people, trying to make money. How do I, you know, what's the next strategy to make more money? And I just never came at it that way. Even when I pivoted into this different model Um, and even when I put one-on-one back in, which I did now almost two years ago, I actually put one-on-one at a very high level back into my business model, but every choice was made out of really the decision that I could be better in service. If I did it this way, sometimes it'd be more fun if I did it this way and I have to keep getting better and better. There's, there's never a time where I'm resting thinking I finally arrived. This is enough. Um, I'm really, I always feel a sense of urgency. I'm 57 years old now. I don't want to be doing this for another 15 years. I maybe will do it another eight. And so I have this incredible drive to coach and give people the particular style that I have and my method, my mindset mastery process. I'm just determined to get it to as many people as I can. I think that's my legacy. And I think the way we change the world is we educate people. So I'm like, I got to go. Like I always have a sense of, I've got to get to the next person. I've got to help the next person. I've got to make this clear. I've got to come up with a better analogy, a better way to deliver. Um, and and then the money is just the byproduct of that. That's never been, it's never been my focus. Truly, it's never been my focus. Where does that inner drive come from in you? Well, that's a great nature of nurture. I think probably some of it is nature. I think I'm a pretty driven person but I also had a tough life. I didn't have it easy. And the only way to sort of get out of my childhood unscathed, um, you know, there was a lot of poverty. There was a lot of loss. I lost my dad when I was six. We lost everything, you know, that money could buy. Um, so I think I've just always been scrappy because I've known from the beginning, the only thing that was going to build my life was my own brain. And I was going to have to find a way to think about myself and the world that would allow me to succeed because clearly there wasn't going to be any external advantages given to me. So my path had to be internal. And I think I knew that as early as the summer, my father died. I think I was pretty clear that the difference between what was going to need to happen for me and other people was going to be internal. And it's just been my life's work to work on my brain and my heart first and foremost, and
0: know that that's what's going to create everything I want in my life. So let's dive into this mindset conversation. You're a mindset mastery coach. And I've been, you know, you and I have both been in this industry for quite some time. And the longer you're in this industry, the more interesting things that you see. (laughs) And it just keeps getting more and more interesting, by the way. And so this word mindset, it's not a new word. It's not a new terminology. No. It was a buzzword for a little while. And now I think we've entered into this category where anybody and everybody is just using the word. yeah, no matter what it is that they're teaching. yeah, no matter what it in whatever way they're helping people. And the way that you teach and guide people in the category of mindset is so unlike most of what we're seeing in the coaching, personal, professional development space. I would love to hear. The Liz Nicholas version of the definition of mindset and your unique approach to mindset?
1: Yeah, thank you. I love this question. Um, I I do think mindset now is the, you know, every other word out of somebody's mouth. Um, It's interesting. I just had a woman that, uh, a seven figure income earner who just graduated from my program. And just became a private client of mine. And she said to me, and it was interesting in a conversation, she said, you do know you don't actually teach mindset. And I said, I I do. And I said, but that's what you thought you were buying. That word is what's going to sell you what I do. And so I can't really say anything else. And she said, no, I know. But she said, but I just want you to know I know. And I said, no, I know. I, I know it's not mindset. So I think it's easier for me to say what mindset isn't. Before I say anything about what I do, mindset is not, should not be fluffy. It should not be about pouring pink paint on everything. It should not be about finding a way to think positively all the time. It shouldn't be turning yourself into some version of Pollyanna. And it also shouldn't be fear-based. So we've got the kind of fake, you know, ooey gooey, hug it out mindset crap. And then equally as I think ineffective and offensive is the other side that's very fear-based, where there's a lot of, you better not think that, or this is going to happen. It's like this attraction sort of science stuff that's gone off the rails where people, and I see it all the time, people come in and they don't want to deal with negative emotion. They act, they want to suppress it. They want to avoid it. They want to buffer it because they they bought into the idea that if you think something like that, you know, you're going to create these terrible events in your life. And both sides of those extremes are just indicators that people don't know any brain science because that's just not the facts about the way our brain works. That's not the facts about the way the world works. So my approach to mindset is very different. Um, My approach is science-based. I want people to learn first and foremost, how their brain works, like literally conscious versus subconscious, how thoughts are formed, where beliefs are housed, why do I? Uh, why do I not say things like "you'll remove limiting beliefs"? Because you can't remove limiting beliefs. All your beliefs are with you forever. So, like real science, like really, what's the truth about how we operate the greatest machine in the world, which is our human brain? We've eighty thousand thoughts a day. We should know what we're doing, and most people are trying to, you know, just weigh it. I always say you wouldn't get into a forklift. I mean, most of us wouldn't get into a forklift and say, I'm just going to see if I can get this thing to work. Like nobody would do that. We wouldn't even watch a YouTube video and attempt that. We'd be like, I have to go to some kind of school or something. And even then I am I would have respect for the magnitude of the machine. But every day people just get up and they just, I don't know, they just wing it with their brain. They don't even know how to think. They don't understand thinking as a skill. So I teach that part of it. And I teach a process, a seven-step process where you really learn how to manage your thoughts. You learn how to work with your emotions, all of them, and see emotion as powerful information that's necessary. You take all responsibility, 100% for everything in your life. You give up all your victimhood, all your other people make me, my mother, my brother, my childhood, the next door neighbors, the weather, the president, the this, the that. You give it all up, You like flash sale, gone. You take 100% responsibility for the way you think and you feel and you behave And then ultimately, that means you're taking responsibility for your results. And then I teach a little, and I say little because it's not like a deep dive, but I teach some quantum science. Like, let's know how the world operates. Let's know some very basic things like what subatomic particles are doing when they're being observed. Let's learn about entanglement and superposition. It's not heavy duty lifting. I've never had anyone say they couldn't understand it. But like, let's understand how we actually bring something into our awareness, into our field of awareness, because it's not just this attraction stuff. It's not just the woo. There is real science about what happens at the particle level when we're in communication energetically with the quantum field. And people need to know this. I could teach that to a second grader and they could understand it, by the way. It's not that complicated. But if you take a little neuroscience and you mix it in with a little quantum and you put it together and then you have somebody that's going to be a little in your face like I am about not being a victim, you get people growing up and taking responsibility for how they think and they feel. And then the rest is easy. Then you just design the life you want. You solve the problems and you create the vision and you go after it. And you don't have any of those beliefs that are holding you back. That's the only reason people don't have the lives they want. They don't know how to think to get it.
0: That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You have such a like simple yet such a profound way of teaching it as well for to help people actually build the skill. Yeah. Right. Because you teach it just not so people have the knowledge base of it, but they have the real skill set that they're implementing in their own lives on a daily basis, whether they have Liz in their pocket or not. Yeah. 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 There's a process. You said seven steps. It's seven steps. And it's also
1: important that I actually coach people. I don't just teach them like what I do can never become a module program, which I know from a business strategist perspective is a scale issue. Um, But it really can't because it's, we've all made the mistake. Most of us have a thousand books on all the things. And if a thousand books could teach us how to cook and play tennis and have a great mindset and make a million dollars, then everybody would be living their dream life. But that's conscious work. We have to get into the level of the subconscious to change our lives. And that can't be done from inside the bottle. You can't read the label from inside the bottle. So I can't just teach people these tools. I have to then be in conversation with them and finding their blind spots and showing them their blind spots. And this is also best done in a community, mm. um, a group setting so that people that don't know what they don't know are learning by seeing other people being coached. So it's really the model. And you and I discussed this back in the day, really has to be that hybrid of true, pure education and also backing it up with my coaching and the practice and implementation that goes on inside of the program. That's how you change your life and, and have it last and actually own the tools, not just know them, but like use the tools, have them be who you are.
0: Yeah. So I know that you have worked with a lot of entrepreneurs over the last, what, 10, 11, 12, 13, almost f- like 15 years. Yep. Right. So a lot of entrepreneurs at every level, yep. right. You've worked with brand new entrepreneurs who yep. aren't making a dollar in their business all the way up to multiple seven figure earners. Yep. And you've worked with people across a lot of different industries as well. So yep. you've, you've seen a lot, you've worked with a lot of people and you've been able to witness, which I think it's so cool to have a front row seat into this growth that you're seeing in, in folks. So when it comes to entrepreneurship, you know, everybody has a dream when they come into entrepreneurship, it's like, you know, the first big milestone is I want to make six figures. And the next big milestone becomes, I want to make seven figures in a year. And then once it's seven figures, it just keeps growing from there and there. And it's like, everybody just wants more, 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 and more, and more. Obviously you've worked with hundreds, probably thousands of entrepreneurs at this point. If you were going to, I know it's, it's probably not three skills, but if you're going to pick three skills just for our conversation today that an entrepreneur must develop from a mindset perspective mm. in order to truly get what they really want, what might three of those skills or tools be?
1: It's a tough question because to narrow it down to only three. Um, just pick three, pick three oh. of your favorites. But I think I think the basics are always where we want to go. And and so really all of, and and a lot of things would fall into this number one, but number one, metacognition, thinking about thinking, really learning how to be a watcher and observer of your own brain at work. And and that's there are lots of tools and techniques to that, but that's really nothing happens without awareness, basically. And when awareness goes, even if you know all the tools, and I see this all the time with people, even if you know all the quantum and all the fancy stuff, When self-awareness and thought awareness falls off, you're back to being blind to everything. So it's sort of the, and it's funny, it's the first thing I teach in, uh, whether I'm working with someone privately or in one of my group programs, it's the first thing you're going to learn. And it's usually the mistake that's made somewhere else down the line. That'll be where somebody will make the mistake. So anything Mm -hmm. in the realm of metacognition and awareness is number one. Number two, you have to learn How to self regulate. And this is a concept that I don't see anybody teaching. And maybe it's because it's not very sexy to talk about. I don't know. I mean, it it doesn't seem to sell books either. But self regulation is really the idea that I am responsible for my emotional life. And I don't just mean I'm responsible, like I'm not going to be triggered by you, although there's that. But I mean, I literally know how to create the state I live and exist in, regardless of what's going on around me. Most of the time, I mean, we're human beings, we lose our temper, we get frustrated, we overreact. Of course, we all do, myself included. But self-regulation is an art, it's an absolute art, and it's a skill. And it's probably the differentiator between people that will be moderately successful and very, very successful. And I don't just mean monetarily, I mean also happiness is based on that. So when you can learn, and again, there are a bunch of techniques and tools that go into that, but that's really energy work. It's it's understanding how thoughts and feelings relate to each other. It's learning a little bit about brainwave states. When is your subconscious open for energetic um, reevaluation? And, and you know, there are techniques there, but that energy management, that self-regulation would be my number two. And then number three is kind of an A and a B. And that is You want to work on your self-concept, which is belief. That's all belief work. Um, And I do that in a number of ways. I teach, many people teach belief plans. I teach a belief plan that's my unique belief plan. I also teach something called a belief scale, where you can actually see when you're in lower belief, when you're in higher possibility, when you're going into probability. Um, But changing what you believe about yourself, about the world about other people, about your past, and about what's possible for you changes your self-concept. It's a bit of a domino effect. You just sort of knock over the first couple, and then everything keeps falling down. And it's just an easier way to create. Um, there's action involved in, in any entrepreneur, entrepreneurial pursuit, lots of it, a matter of fact, Um, so, so uh, nobody's going to argue that there aren't strategies and actions and things to do, but when we try and create something new with the same brain and the same self-regulation techniques, which are usually nil and the same self-concept, it literally is impossible to create with pure action. It can't be done. And so those three things would probably be my favorite is anything in the metacognitive Area, self regulation, and the elevation of self concept through belief work. When those three things are done, you won't even be able to stop the ideas from flowing. You won't run out of energy around the actions. You'll have inspiration. You'll know who to connect to. It just, you'll be doing as much, like physically, you'll be doing as much. But the, the way you're doing it will be completely reinvented and you will be a different person doing it. And when you're a different person doing actions,
0: then a different result has to result from it. So those would be my top three, I think. Yeah. And what you're talking about with you know where's the place from which someone is taking action, you see this especially in business coaching programs where you have a business coach or strategist or whatever they call themselves. And they're teaching their particular business growth methodology, whatever that is. I mean, it's like thousands of different categories at this point. And this is what so many entrepreneurs feel like they are beating their head up against because they have a group of clients that are showing up to calls, asking the same exact questions, taking the same exact actions, getting the same exact results continuously frustrated. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And this is the exact reason why all those years ago in 2019, we brought you in because originally you were a client in that program because you had moved from one program to another. And we got on a call one day and you were like, Megan, these women need mindset. (laughs) If you think they're going to get the results that you're capable of getting them, they need a lot of work with mindset. And that's not something I have ever signed up for to teach or be the leader of. I know what my zone of genius is. It's not that category. And it it, it not only has it been a difference maker in my programs, I know that you also serve other people in their programs and some of cli- the clients in RTL. And I've heard people say, you know, because we have Liz and this mindset pillar in our business program. The clients that are getting your work on the mindset piece that are in your programs are actually getting better results in the business program because of exactly what you just said. Yeah. Right. And we have this sort of like epidemic in the industry of people constantly coach hopping, program hopping, course buying. Yeah. Yeah. Looking for the next strategy, looking for the next tactic. And it's like this constant dopamine hit that people are getting. But they're looking at that thing as the thing outside of them that's going to make the big change and it's going to get the result and it's not. And it's why they keep just spending all their money, becoming so frustrated, becoming pissed off with whomever the instructor is. And it's not always the instructor's fault nor is it always the client's fault. There's just such a a lack of knowledge using your word. There's such a lack of knowledge that people actually need this in order to get what they want.
1: Yeah. And I think to your point, shiny object syndrome, oh my gosh. I I mean, I see this, especially with coaches who will have four or five coaches and coaching programs. And and listen, there's nothing wrong with education and and joining a program or taking a course. I mean, that's fantastic. We've all done it and we all continue to do it. But I do think that there's an epidemic of people not checking in, to your point, not checking in with what's driving that action. Because if it's coming from, this is exciting, this is the next iteration of me, I need to go and learn the thing and be with the people, I think that's fantastic. But so much of that, I got to go here, I got to go there, I got to take that course, is from a place of believing I don't have something inside me. I can't Mm. find the answer inside me. I can't manage it. It's a lackful energy. And so then they go into a program and they learn some more things, which is just conscious. They don't change anything about what they believe at the subconscious level. They're just smarter, but they still can't take action. They can't follow through. They're not a different person. They don't think differently, even though they now technically have more... Knowledge in their head, and I see that all the time. I know you do too, because we've had a lot of conversations about it. People that say, you know, it's like it's unbelievable—the list of things they've done. There, I've done this and this uh, with big reputable names, yeah. And they're still not making two dimes in their business because they're still sitting on the couch and they're not actually doing anything with any of the information that they've learned. They can't implement anything
0: because they can't manage their mind, and mm-hmm. that's what's going on. Yeah. yeah. So recently there's been something else that we have started to see a lot of in the coaching industry. I also think we're seeing a lot of this in other industries specifically like the tech industry because there was such a big tech boom. And that is I'm not going to use the word burnout because it's beyond that, but we're starting to see you know high revenue earners with very successful financially successful businesses And they're beginning to literally have emotional and nervous breakdowns so severe that they're deciding to close up shop on a seven, multiple seven-figure company that they have spent the last decade plus building. And some of these breakdowns I've even witnessed happening publicly, whether that's in posts or videos, and it's just starting to happen more and more and more and more. And I think that, you know, part of what people are experiencing is not having done this work. They, they had to do something to get to that point, but it's almost as though they can no longer handle the pressure. They can no longer handle the pressure of financial growth, team growth, paying salaries, um, more client growth, yeah. uh, greater responsibilities, greater expectations of them. And it's just all coming to this head and it's crumbling down. Is this avoidable, right? Is this, is something like this avoidable, you know, for people who are starting to feel like they're on the edge and precipice of like getting to that point, how can they prevent that from happening from a mindset perspective?
1: It's a great question. And I mean, ideally, the answer is yes, it can be avoided and you can even at the precipice. Um, But ideally we would tackle this. Way before we got that shaky and that, um, you, you know, like that vulnerable to our own misaligned thoughts. So I, I would never recommend wait till you're about to burn yourself out to do this work. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was surprised, and this is many, many years ago, like over 10, I was surprised um, the first few times I heard a seven figure income earner say to me, and it was always like sort of like a lean in um almost like whisper but like i just don't know if i can keep this up and i think that people that have made you know a small amount of money it's maybe people that are just starting out in an entrepreneurial business have this expectation that these these shiny people the seven figure and above and and even you know those few that we can look at as as eight figure income earners that they've kind of they've gotten to the promised land over there every you know it's like milk and honey is flowing all the time it's all good um, team always works, the marriages are just fine, all the relations, you know, just this is a fantasy that I think a lot of people have about what it's like to be over there, including the people that get over there have believed that all the way over there. And then they get there and they actually realize they're living in and working in a house of cards. There is no stability to the foundation because again, they don't have the awareness tools. They don't have the ability to self-regulate. And they definitely don't have the self-concept to support where they actually are. And so what happens is it's it's like a building that doesn't have a solid foundation. Like you keep building higher and higher, higher, high rise on a a shaky foundation. At some point, it's going down. That's what's going to happen. And it's the same exact thing. Is it preventable? It's highly preventable. Now, I'm not a medical doctor, and if people need... You know, medication or certain types of therapy, they absolutely should seek that kind of treatment. But a lot, if not most, of this sort of self-imploding can be prevented if you have the tools, if you're not using external forces to determine your worth, which is most of the time what's going on that they just can't handle. They have back themselves into a corner where it's, I am what I do. I am my persona. I am how much money I make. I I even remember speaking to somebody who was going to get a divorce. And it was unfortunate, but you know, lots of people get divorces, right? And she was like, this is going to take my business down because I'll be a fraud. And I just, and and ultimately it sort of did undo her. And the truth is, if she had seen it as a different experience, if she had translated that experience differently in her own brain, it didn't have to touch her business. It could have actually made her a stronger entrepreneur, could have been a strong part of what she did with her mind and how she overcame and the tools she learned. So I think the short answer is yes, but I'd like to see people doing the work long before they need it. So they don't Mm -hmm. wake up with that imposter syndrome and -hmm. that fear. And if the, if they only knew who I really am and all that stuff that's going on behind the scenes, because it's terrible for someone to go through that. And it's absolutely preventable.
0: Yeah. You know, so much of what I am hearing around that conversation it sounds like a lot of it boils down to relationships. Mm-hmm. Whether it's relation like team relationships. Yeah, I'm now the leader and now I have the team and the relationship there. I think you know one of the other things that I'm hearing a lot of is relationship between the coach and client or the service provider and client. Or you know, clients complaining all the time, or feeling like you have such a responsibility to help your clients actually get results for mm-hmm. the fear of some sort of negative consequence that's going to come.
1: Mm-hmm. And when you go
0: from having five clients to five hundred clients, yeah, 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 that's such a buildup of that. But it seems like so many of the issues are coming up between the business owner as they're relating to other people in relationship whether it's other men or other women, it doesn't really matter whether it's a client, a coach, a collaborator, a team member, it doesn't matter. It seems like there's so much that's coming up for people in the category of relationship. Is that something that you see a lot with your clients in your programs as well, that there's a lot of stuff going on relationship wise? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it's all, it's all kind of bundled together. I always say, you know, mindset is mindset is mindset. Right. And the analogy I like to use is like you don't have like foot blood and then ear blood and fingernail blood like you have blood in your body and it's going everywhere. And the way you think and the way you use your energy is flowing through every area of your life. So, you know, people will say, well, I just want to work on my money mindset. And I'm almost sure if you have problems with money, you have problems problem with relationships, too, because that's actually those are just actually mirrors of each other. So relationships, self-worth, um. Self-confidence and money are the areas that I probably see the most. Self-worth is always the undoing of anything with money, which is fascinating. People want to just fix money problems by working on the money, but it's always a self-worth and a self-confidence issue. And with relationships, a lot of that self-regulation I was talking about is what really needs to be repaired. When we need people to be different than they are, when we need people to perceive us differently than how we are. We are in trouble. I always say to my clients if you need to be understood to feel safe or worthy, you're screwed in life because prepare to be misunderstood. And if when you have 20 clients, you'll be a little misunderstood. When you have 200, you'll have more people that misunderstand. And when you have a small team, somebody might misunderstand something here or there. When you have a large team, there'll be lots of misunderstandings. So can you self regulate can you manage your own identity and not need the world to reflect something to you in your relationships and not only is that going to set you free it also will create much healthier relationships because we screw relationships up with expectations
0: yeah we can
1: just let the people be the people then we can be busy minding our own mind and life and and move on with it so i'm not surprised to hear that relationships are at the heart of some of these implosions. I'm really not, but it's all mindset. Relationships are mindset work.
0: Yeah, I have a such a good example of this. You know, we were chatting a couple of weeks ago about both of us experienced something very unexpected in our lives, but in a completely different category. Um, my parents had come down literally for like, not even two days. They drove down on a Friday to drop right off. They were staying Saturday and they were driving back on Sunday because they had work to do the next week. And my dad ended up in the hospital, which I shared this with you. So, you know, the whole story and you've heard me over the years, talk a little bit about my relationship with my mom. And as a 40 year old, you know, that experience with my dad in the hospital, he was there for seven days. So obviously my mom is in our house and these are in two different states. So it's like 11 hours from what they're used to. And that experience was so fascinating for me because every time I get to be with my parents it's another opportunity to practice exactly what you're talking about yeah and for the majority of my life and the majority of my adult life you know what you were saying about let the people be who they are I always wanted a our relationship to be different but B I wanted her to be different yeah and so it was like this constant, just in your mind, not even when you're together in person, but like this constant conversation that you're having with yourself in your mind about all the things you don't like, all the things you wish you were different, all the things that you missed out on, like just, it goes on and on, yeah, and, yeah, on yeah. and on. Yeah. Right. And so what I was able to practice that week was letting her be her. Which, you know, she's in my house for seven days. So she's like her whole self and it's like erratic and it's like all the things and it's nervous and it's just crazy energy and it's controlling and it's negative and it's complaining and it's all those things. And I don't think it impacted me once in the way that it used to, but that wasn't because I wasn't conscious. I had to consciously work on that. Yeah. Yeah. I had to like consciously observe my thoughts and my feelings. Yep. But that experience, there were lots of moments with my dad that were really scary. And, you know, he was going through his thing and that was not fun to be a part of or fun to watch like whatsoever. Um, And he's doing much better now. But it was the flip side of that. It was actually a phenomenal experience for me to go through that process. And on the other side of that, it definitely feels like our relationship has not been that great for the last few years. That experience feels like it turned things around for me, mm-hmm. which turns mm-hmm. things around for the relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think so many, so many of us, myself included, don't give ourselves that opportunity to do what you're, what you're teaching people to do, which, you know, you were saying this earlier, it really does allow you to be so much happier oh, it does in your life and your relationships. I love that
1: story, um, about how you handled that with your mom. Um, I think it's so freeing. I have like a funny little expression I always say to my clients, and I don't mean this towards your mom at all, but I always say, instead of trying to get away from crazy, you got to learn how to sit right next to it. Yes. and I mean that. And I mean that, uh, you know, not about your mom or not about somebody that my client's describing, but in general, this constant, I've got to control the things around me for me to be okay. Whether it's, the mom or it's the boss or it's the politics or it's it doesn't matter what it is if it's outside of you and you think it should be different you're at a loss to make yourself happy you, that's that's the victim mode yep and we don't think of it as a victim mode at least i i don't think of it that way as a victim mode until i kind of can call myself out on things like that but it is victim-y. It's, well, that person should be that way so that I'll feel better. It's a total victim mode. Mm-hmm. But when we're like, listen, this is what I've got. This is the mom I've got. And this is what my mom looks like when she's stressed and my dad's in the hospital. This is, this is her being her in this situation. And this is me over here letting that be okay. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you enjoy it. It doesn't mean that it wouldn't be more fun if she were less erratic. And it doesn't mean that you get erratic. It just means you let her be her and you get to still de- do you and self-regulate yourself. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. And that will change
0: a relationship. Yeah. It's remarkable. It will change. a yes. relationship. I've had other experiences sort of similar to that over the years, but that one was the, that one was like the, I, not the first, but that was like the best, like, ex, yeah. like real life. I actually lived that experience of being able to do what you're saying. And I've been attempting to do it for probably 10 years. Yeah. since I like knew about it, and it had gotten better and better and better and better over years over the years. But I would notice myself at times like drifting back into like six year old little girl, yeah, you know, yeah. um, and this was the first time where you know you were talking about being an observer of your thoughts, where I literally felt like I was me and then I was dually at the same time, like observing the whole yeah. thing, but Absolutely. from like a bird's eye view. yeah, so fascinating. that's life changing.
1: Yeah. That's the power is that position. That's why I said that awareness thing is the most important when yeah. you can get up above your own brain without judgment, without like what's wrong with me or what, but really just with fascination and curiosity and like, wow, you know, look how I'm responding. Look what I'm thinking about and look how this, that, and the other is going on. It's like, you take all your power back. Yeah. All of your power comes right back to you. Anyway. Yeah can profoundly change relationships. And that doesn't mean the people have to change. That's a beautiful thing. Just like I teach this with the past. I always say to people, you know, we can change your past. They're like, no, we can't. I'm like, yeah, we can. Not the facts, not what happened on September, you know, 44th, you know, 1987. We can't change the actual events, but your entire processing and interpretation and translation of the events are now available for you to work with. And that's what you did with your mom. Your mom didn't have to change one bit. You just decided to let your mom be your mom.
0: Yeah. And she didn't and she won't. Yeah, Right. Like, and it's like, I mean, what are you going to
1: do? You're going to keep fighting that or. I know, but it's so freeing to get to that place where you're like, you don't need her to change. You're like, I'm, I'm good. I see you. I get you. I'm over here. This is how I'm going to roll.
0: And I don't need you to change. I can love
1: you even with all your things. Like
0: so amazing. Which makes the relationship and interacting with that person, whether it's your mom or it's somebody else, so much more enjoyable, so much, so much more
1: better to be happy than to be right. Yeah. Yeah, I learned that one years ago. I always wanted to have the last word. I always wanted to be right. I always wanted to you know, show, no, I'm not wrong. I'm right. And then I thought, you know what? I'm just not getting anywhere in my relationships with this. So I let people be wrong about me and I also let people be crazy. I let it yeah. all go on and cause I choose happiness over being right or any other place I could land.
0: Yeah. We could talk for the rest of the day and probably the rest of the week <laughs> about so many topics, mm-hmm. but we can't, uh, not for this show. So Liz, I know that you've got an incredible Facebook group. That's where it's sort of like your hub spot yeah. where you share all the things. And I know that you run your level one class. I believe you've got one starting in September. Yep. September. Yeah. So tell us about those two things.
1: Yeah. So my Facebook group is the, um, mindset mastery school for women in business. And it's a very cool community. It's actually very active. People post Mm -hmm. a lot. I'm in there every single day. I have a free show on Monday afternoons. I'll be live today. Um, and I just try and give as much value as I can to that community. I have a lot of my graduates there. Um, I have a lot of former clients there. I also have people that will probably never work with me that are there. But it's just a super cool place to come and hang out with other women that are entrepreneurs that want to learn about mindset and share things. So I would love people to come and join that free page. And I don't know when this is airing, but I have a free event taking place September 6, 7, 8, 9. And that's free right inside that Facebook page. You don't even have to go and register to go somewhere else. It's right there. It's called The Shift. And it leads up to my next um, kickoff for my level one mindset masterclass. So, um, and I have private coaching available and other things, but the free stuff is what you want to come for. Come and just hang out and, and learn.
0: Cool. I actually believe that this will air before then. So if you're listening to this live right now, you'll know <laughs> if this is airing before that or not. But I believe it will. Okay. So go check out Liz's Facebook group. We have the link for that in the show notes. Just check the show notes. We'll have the name of her Facebook group and the link down there so you can join. Super easy. Liz, this is so phenomenal. Thank you so much. Thanks for, sharing. for having
1: me, and I would talk to you every day of the week, all year long. So
0: fun. So fun. We'll have to have you on again, round two. Love it. All right. Thanks, Liz. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.